Hello and welcome to the I'm a Mainframer podcast. I'm your host today, Stephen Dickens. My dog's in the background, for those of you watching on YouTube. The I'm a Mainframer podcast is brought to you by the Open Mainframe Project, a collaborative project from the Linux Foundation focused on driving open source in the mainframe space. I'm joined today right by Rebecca Levesque from 21st Century. Welcome to the show, Rebecca. Thank you so much, Stephen. I appreciate being here. It's exciting. Well, let's hopefully keep that uh, spirit going for the rest of the show. So just to get the listeners up orientated here, just to give us a little perspective on your role, what you do for 21st Century, and then we'll use that as a jumping off point into the sure. rest of the conversation. Sounds good. So I'm the CEO and president of 21st Century Software. And uh, basically, I've been in Z for as long as I can remember. Um, I'm a huge Z champion, but it's not just the, the mainframe itself or software. It's the whole ecosystem. It's the operating systems, it's community customers. We have amazing customers and an amazing community. And I've been doing it for over 25 years. So in doing that, I've traveled the world and I've really tried to kind of help people see the value of what we have here. It's gone virtual, unfortunately. I much prefer one-on-ones. I You'll see me at every conference. I've been, I swear, I mean, the number of share conferences, the number of tech use across the globe. It's been a lot of fun. But that's what I do. So fingers crossed that we get to see each other in person at share in a few in a few months' time. Fingers crossed. Yep. I'm with you. I know, there. right? Exactly. Yes. So just for some of the listeners, I, I've had a lot to do with 21st Century and you and some of the team over the last few months. Maybe just orientate the listeners there on who 21st Century are and, and where you sort of fit in that overall mainframe ecosystem. Because I, I think for maybe those listeners who aren't aware, that's going to be a really interesting sort of place to go first. So, you know, 21st Century software has been around for a very long time. But we were kind of a standard of living business. You know, when you were in the 80s, 90s, and even early O's, you could be a really focused, small ISV and do some things really, really well. And that's what we did. We did things around resiliency and storage super well, and we had some things that we did. But more recently, um, 2012 on, we've taken on more of a role that allows us an IP relationship with IBM for one in 2017. And we've been growing, and we've been extolling our strength and what we do. Um, we're in a growth spurt right now, um, a large one, and we're continuing. We are strongly d- developing products within security, data management, resiliency, taking advantage of AI. We always thought the mainframe, the Z, had a lot to offer, right? So SMF data was something we were very keen on and we used. And we always saw analytics with automation. That was actually a term we used 10, 15 years ago. Anytime you had analytics, you use that SMF data, you should do something with it. It shouldn't be left up to the customer. And so now that we have this relationship with IBM and partners and we've grown, we see ourselves being more paramount in driving that as we move forward. So our entire organization is being um, growing. Uh, it started small, but we're definitely on a growth trajectory. And we're doing this across uh, with IBM, with its business partners, and especially with its customers as well. So you mentioned the sort of analytics piece. 
I know IBM launched the Telum processor, which we'll see in the next box sometime soon. The internet's blown up today because I think Arvin said something in the earnings earlier this week that was maybe a bit more specific about when we can expect the new box. Um, for those of us listening, it's it's January 26th, so IBM just announced its uh, Q4 earnings, and there were some comments there around when we can expect the new mainframe. But you touched on analytics. I'm seeing that come through a lot more. Obviously, it's going to be a big focus for IBM as they look towards the launch. Where do you see, where do you see that specifically? Well, your dog had the answer first. I see it specifically. <laughs> yeah, the joys of working from home, right? I know. Isn't it great? Um, no, I think it's fun. Um, no, no worries. So specifically, I think that the Telem processor is going to allow customers, large customers, to be able to make business decisions close to where the data is actually running. So think about it. You have a secure, resilient, transactional, strong, right? One of the biggest features of this process, this platform is that we transactional processing is fantastic, which means we're shoving a lot of data through it. And we're giving answers back. We're doing processing. Well, if you can take that data and you can feed it to the and use the Telem processor. Now you go beyond analytics, you can get to prescriptive, you can get to machine learning, you can start getting AI. Now, instead of just automating, we're doing something. And that's where I really like that concept of fit for business purpose when I talk about that. So, you know, everybody talks about hybrid cloud. They talk about, you know, we got to go here, we got to go there. No, think first. We're taking a platform that's very green in and of itself, and we're putting inside of it a chip that I was just listening to Tina in a podcast she did with you uh, not too far back. And that, that chip in and of itself might get an award or something from CES I was finding out when I was listening. That's amazing, right? So here you are, you have IBM investing, putting this analytics, because we always had SMF data, we always had logs, we always had journals, we always had that base of information. And now we're gonna take it and bring it into AI. Now businesses can have real time and at their fingertips. Now real AI can start getting into the fix. Now real prescriptive, we can be a lot better about automating it. Even if we just improve automation, it would be incredible. But this is all about AI, and I think it's going to be fantastic. I think it really will bring more to the platform. And I think this is the interesting thing, and you and I were talking about this before we started recording the show. I think if people were listening to the show and weren't realizing we were talking about a mainframe with a new processor with AI instructions built in, they'd be surprised. So I know that's a theme for you around how people are looking to sort of transform their perceptions of the platform. Yes, absolutely. I think that's the biggest, I think that's the biggest hurdle we have. It's not that the platform is, is where it, it is, where it should be. It is advanced. It, it is where you should put transactional processing. It is where you want your secure, resilient data. However, people, because of its age, and because people run it in a less than modern way. What do I mean by that? Well, we haven't, if you're running your Z processor like four or five versions back, you're not taking advantage of all of what's been going forward. It'd be like if you're running Windows 95, you mentioned that earlier, and then you uh, expected to have all the latest and greatest stuff in Microsoft. You wouldn't be very thrilled with that either. So I think it's the same. I think people have bias, and I think that we just need to help customers understand that if they modernize, which, you know, that's the interesting of itself. Everyone talks about digital transformation and modernization. You know, business, the digital transformation is the business side of it, right? It's, it's about taking advantage of technology and making sure your business can work. 
But the buzzword about modern modern transformation is that you're taking technology, hardware, software, whatever, and you're using that technology to make sure your business is taking advantage of the technology. That's the definition by floor, I think it is. But the fact is, is that that information on the mainframe can be at your fingertips in real time, in, and you can use AI with the talent processor. It's going to be in there. It's it's fabulous. And and so if you take bias out, you can really have a, an amazing journey yeah, with the technology. I mean- People have heard me say this before, and and maybe it's you know being a car nut. If you talked about the new Porsche 911 or the brand new Corvette, you'd think of those as modern supercars running the latest yeah. technology, at the sort of cutting edge of of supercar and sports car advancements. Both of those cars were launched in 1964, the same year as the mainframe was launched. If you said Oh, the new Porsche 911's old technology and its legacy, the Porsche fanatics would go insane, as would those Corvette fanatics. But it's the same saying the new Porsche 911 is based on 50-year-old technology doesn't no, make sense. Fun. And it doesn't make sense for the mainframe to be talked no, about it in the same way, in my, my, is my opinion, at least. But you know what's funny, though, is you'll find those people out there who want to drive that older Porsche without power steering, without all the other things, and they think that's great, right? And I think with the mainframe, what happened was we lost our connection with the business sometime, at one point because we weren't willing to get out of the old car. We liked that sense of, I can have my clutch and I can shift my gears. I'm in control. Uh, and, and, and look at this car. It's fantastic. It's a Mustang, right? Who wouldn't give up an older Mustang? But then now we've realized, as even people in the, the driver's seat, that we like all those new features. And those new features are pretty darn good. And that there's a commitment by IBM to continue down this path of, of, of continued the next and so on and so forth. So we like this new car. And now what we have to do is help everyone else understand that this new car is really got all the bells and whistles. You don't need to go to, uh, uh, you know, you don't have to spend some gobs amount of money and you don't have to go to somewhere else to do it. Yeah. And I think we're hearing a lot from IBM, particularly around sort of mainframe modernization. And I think, we're maybe past the point where it's get off the platform. It's kind of renovate what you've got and transform what you've got. Are you seeing that same dynamic? Absolutely. I mean, even the IDC quoted some numbers, and I, I jotted them down for this. I uh, thought you might ask that. Um, think about it. IDC, in a recent report, made, made note that CapEx for hardware, software, and staffing could go down, would go down with the use of modern technology in Z itself, you don't have to go anywhere, and that it was generating more revenue. What Bloor said was what people were not doing, and they call these the three uh, truths, and when Bloor talked to these three truths, one of the things that they made clear is that a lot of times people don't take it into account, the fact that when you get to where you're going, is it really going to cost less, first of all? And second, one of the other truths was, are you counting the cost of getting there? And what are the risks in that? But if you modernize where you're at and you take advantage of what you have, there's two things you've done. One is you've taken the you've taken a lot of the risk out and you know where your cost is and you know where you're at. The other thing that you've done is you've really played the level of playing field because now you can go even for even. 
if you take a five, 10 year old mainframe environment and you take applications that you haven't modernized and you haven't taken advantage of the, the possibilities that you have here and you say, well, I'm going to go move over here. But then when you get there, if you sit there 10 years, are you going to be any happier with them? So modernization is taking advantage of technology year over year. It's a continuous process. You can't just go today and say, I'm going to go there and sit there for 10 years. No, then you're going to have to continually modernize that. So wherever you go, whatever you do, however you do it, whatever platform you choose to do it on, understand this is not a, the world is changing faster than you can keep up with. So you have to, in whatever you choose, stay modern. And that includes this platform. If you use it in this one, you're you're in a good way. And I think you make a really good point. This isn't a once move, you know, get from point A to point B, and then it's frozen in time once you've got to point B. Applications don't work that way. Agile doesn't work like that. DevOps doesn't work like that digital transformation if you want to go the next level up is a continual process mm -hmm. so you should be thinking about the vibrancy of those applications on an ongoing basis irrespective yeah. of what platform they go on that's why i like hybrid cloud right because hybrid cloud accepts the fact that not everything belongs on and we understand that i think and you understand it everyone understands it we're not saying that right um but what we are saying is use the right technology, the right operating system, the right, because applications are going to run and they're going to do their thing and they're in the intermix. We already are all intermix. So what do we need to do? We need to have a, a platform that can run a hybrid cloud environment and then you have to manage it on the top. But then you're being smart and you're taking advantage, again, fit for business purpose. Where's the best place for this data to run? And then how do I manage it as a, as a whole? that's where I think IBM is really going to have a future, right? Because they're not only saying, I'm going to do better AI, I'm going to be smarter, I'm going to do all these wonderful things with the Z platform. But I'm also going to be smart and say, a hybrid cloud, we're going to take, we're no longer biased. We were just as biased as everyone else at one point. We were like, we're Z. Yeah, we are Z. But we're also acknowledging that there's other things out there and we want to help manage all those cloud experiences. People aren't just going to one cloud. It's not just AWS or Azure or Google or whatever. It's the it's the private cloud, it's the public cloud, it's the whatever cloud and whatever definition cloud, but we need something to manage it. And it doesn't mean Z goes away because it's just part of the cloud experience. I think that's the key point. We've been talking about fit for purpose for a long time in the mainframe space. And, and you hear the sort of new frame of that same discussion through the cloud lens. Where should these workloads reside what are the characteristics, the non-functional characteristics, the you know, security, availability, performance, scalability? Where should this workload sit? Which cloud, which platform, which chip architecture? You're seeing a fragmentation, you know, all of the work that's going on in the chip space with all of the different architectures. I think that looking at the mainframe in the context of that type of discussion around where should the workload sit and what are those non-functional requirements it's almost coming back into vogue for me yeah. it's almost coming back into are you seeing that same dynamic absolutely i mean the the funny part was is i i read a report that said 50 percent more growth in transactional i actually hear people talk about the mainframe in a much more different light i was just talking to a client today and said they've absolutely reinvesting and doubling down on mainframe which is fantastic. 
And when you hear organizations say, hey, we're going to take advantage of cloud, that doesn't mean they're getting rid of their mainframe. At the same, in the same breath, they just reinvested in their mainframe. Why? Because it still does what it does well. That's why I like fit for business purpose, because then you're making a business decision. And if you're unbiased about it, there's space for a lot of different technologies. And you have to be able to see which one makes best sense for your organization. But then guess what? All, your, all these applications, all of this data at some point has to tie together. And if you are bringing Z into that mix and you're tying it together and you want to have a, a repository and you want a place in which you're doing the transactions and you're doing a lot of the work and then you have the AI and the hybrid, it pulls that together, right? And you have that overarching. I think that's the whole point. I think that's yeah. where IBM and Z are bringing it together. And I think it's a good solution. Exactly. I, I would agree. I would agree. And where do you see 21st century kind of playing a role? Or if that's the kind of broader lens that we're seeing in the sort of arc of the conversations and you're seeing the same dynamic that i'm seeing where do you see 21st century playing a role in that how are you helping clients who were on that kind of broad journey that we just spent a few moments talking about well if you think about it i i really you know for as long as i've been in, in z or mainframe you know I, i've always thought that it has the most amount of data at your fingertips. And so you can make a lot of decisions if you just get that in, in, in a format in which you can have the analytics and now the AI, and now you can automate and do the things and be prescriptive and all of that. But within um, the Z future, the Talum chip is, is kind of the answer to everyone that says, will they investing? Are they investing? Remember how it was for a couple of years or a number of years? Oh, Z, blah, 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 IBM. They went and bought Red Hat. What's the Z's future? I think they're telling us. I think they're saying, no, we're here to stay and we're making investments and we're doing things. And by the way, we know we're green. We know we're secure. We know we're resilient. We know we do transactional processing well. So we're not going anywhere, folks. So it's now up to us and the customers and the world at large to say, okay, they do these things well. Let's, let's modernize and get to where they're at. Right? And then I think the direction they've been taking on hybrid clouds is a smart way because we're acknowledging, we're doing something we didn't do in the past. It used to be all or nothing, right? Z, we are Z. No, it's not. It's, it's fit for business purpose. So where's the best place for the data to be, reside? Where are you going to get what you need out of it? Not everything belongs on Z. You're just going to go and, and, and in one time use, get rid of it go put it somewhere that doesn't cost you a whole lot. Dump it where you, if you brought it back, it's going to cost you a lot. But if you're never going to bring it back, okay, fine, that's fine. But if you're going to really going to be using data, uh, make sure you put it where it's supposed to be. And I think that and the way that IBM's handling the ability for us to do that, it's huge. And I see 21st being a part of it. Part of what we do is we think of ourselves as an organization that is revitalizing and reinventing Z. That's part of our vision, mission statement, right? So if that's in our statement, is that just about technology? Are the teams that we have at 21st just technology-driven? Yeah, we're R&D folks, a lot of us. Um, but there's a passion that the teams have, and there's a drive to be creative and out-of-the-box thinking and be fast and try to push the envelope, see the gaps and fill them, get the dots and put them together. And, you know, I've been said I'm a little bit passionate at times and sometimes demanding. Um, but so is all the teams that, that we have at 21st. We, we all like what we do. We love it. And we really want to make sure that we're driving the Z community into the future. You'll see a lot of my team members are, are on their own for, 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 for their own desire 
they're all part, uh, they join up and, and volunteer at SHARE. You'll see that they are trying to help the younger generation. We have lots of team members who are helping younger team members learn and become devotees of this platform. Um, so we're really, as an organization, trying to support it in multiplicity of ways in order to get it to where it needs to be. And the biggest one is bringing down those walls of bias, helping organizations to see the future with Z. Um, and of course, drive the technology as fast as we can so that we can keep up with what's going on. So the, it was interesting, and I'll use that as a segue. You mentioned mentoring and bringing through sort of younger members in the community. You talked about share and some of the work there. The show's called I'm a Mainframer, and you mentioned your sort of 25-year journey. Can you maybe just give some the edited highlights as just so that the listeners can see how you go from, you know, an early professional to the CEO of a software company? I think we have a lot of younger listeners to the show as well, a lot of people who are sort of early professionals. So maybe just paint a picture of that kind of personal journey of, of ultimately how you became a mainframe? Well, that's an interesting question. So in truthfulness, I started, I don't want to answer that one. Um, no. <laughs> Have <laughs> I caught you out there? Is that one you don't want to answer? Is there a, is well, there it just a shows I've been out there too long. No, um, no woman wants to say how long. No. Um, you can say started, you started your 25-year career, career age five. and that that's, that's it. Age okay, 30. so that's okay. Now there I can go, go from there. So um, it's actually been over 25 years. That's the crazy part, right? So I won't, um, I won't tell anybody. Won't, I won't tell anybody. Your the whole world knows now. So I started, well, we'll start with 21st, all right? So I was a bit young um, when I started, and I started uh, in the world of IT in, in, with Avax and doing the backups, right? Um, and then I worked for a software uh, house that did mainframe and um, I actually started with 21st at its inception um, in 1992. And so that alone, if you do math, tells you I've been at it a while. And it was a great experience. It was a big risk. Um, myself and uh, some other folks, we walked into a situation and said, hey, you know, we can do this. And we did. Um, it, it was very much, um, at first, we did a lot of growth and we got it to where it wanted to be. And then you know, being the ages we were and having started something, we then all started doing other different things too, like families. And that's when I say when it was a standard of living for a period of time. It helped. We did very, very well. We created unique softwares, um, but we kept it within a scope and we were, we were doing well. And a lot of small ISVs did very well in that time frame in the early 90s, early the 80s, early 90s, into the 90s, even into the O's. Smaller software houses, we did well. Um, and that was kind of a world in which you could be that and do well in Z. Um, and then around 2012, my son is, you know, children are getting older and you have the opportunity of pushing it again. And that's what we started doing. And it's been exciting. And, and I guess the point I'm making here is that you can have your cake and eat it too a little bit if you're willing. Like you can, you, within any IT infrastructure or within any organization, you can kind of let your business side of the world and your uh, personal side kind of grow together. And that's what's happened. And then, then in the last 10 years, we've just really been pushing hard. And we are definitely in the forefront of development. We have offices now in Stuttgart and Perth, Australia and New Jersey and in our corporate offices in Wayne, Pennsylvania, where I'm at. 
Um, and so it's it's definitely um, it's it, it's just perseverance and taking risks and doing what you need to do. So one of the questions I always ask on the show, and we we have some guests on who've got that benefit of hindsight, and we've just talked about your sort of career arc. Maybe if you could, what would you say to your twenty-two-year-old self? Maybe you're coming out of college. You've got the opportunity to go back in time and kind of look and give give the the younger Rebecca some some advice. What would what would that advice be, with the benefit of hindsight? You know, there's individual pieces I would probably change. The decisions I would make differently, sure. But if I had to go back and look at myself, I really I listened to Tina. I know you asked this, so I was careful. I prepared a little bit. It was about, I, I thought to myself, don't underestimate yourself, believe in yourself, and still take the risks you took. When we started 21st, it was a risk, and there was a couple other software companies that I had been a part of along the way, and those are all risks. Um, you look at it and you say, was it the right choice? Well, maybe one or two of them I wouldn't have taken, but this one was good. Um, and so be really, really to take that and know that it's not always going to be easy and there's going to be setbacks, but that's okay. Don't quit. And just do, I wouldn't change the major things. Of course, there's little things. Everybody would say they would change. But the big things, no, I would continue. I would do what I'm doing today. And the yeah. advice and the advice you'd give to yourself, would, there be, would, would it be that? Take those risks, take back those yourself risks. in those situations? Yeah, take the risks. Because when you are doing something new, when you're trying to change something, when you're trying to be faster, better, or smarter. Those are the three words I always put to things, right? You want to be faster, better, than smarter than, than, than the competitor. If you're trying to just do things in that vein, there's risks associated with that. You're going to fail. And if, and I'm glad I did. Sometimes it's bumpy. Sometimes it doesn't feel good. It's not always a fun day, but at the end of the day, I'm glad I did. And so take the risks. Don't underestimate yourself. Believe in yourself. Take the risk, and I'm glad I did that. And I would do the same. I like that. I like that as a, a sort of mantra. There, faster, better, smarter. You, could, I, I can see how you could apply that to multiple disciplines. Is is that sort of something you live by and and yes. kind of bring to most of your sort of business discussions? Yes, I. You can ask anybody who's with me. And when I say passion and demanding, it's because everything's faster, better, smarter. It's 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 gotten into our presentations. It's gotten into how I like to do things because, look, if you have the perfect box and it is perfect, but you're not there to show it, I can show up with a box that has some bends and I'm not perfect. But if I show up with the box and people believe in it, I can fix it. But if you never get there and somebody, you're leaving the doors open and you got to be better than people and that you have to really form the relationships. And when I say better, I'm not saying like you're better than as a person. You're better at trying to build those relationships and get people to work with you so that you can kind of, and smarter, you just want to have smart people around you. I am not the smartest of my team by any sure, but I have some really good teammates and they, they, they build on it. So faster, better, smarter is a, is a 21st thing. It's, it's who I, I try to be, but it's also uh, the way that I try to see how we do things. I like the way better. you described the, you, you know, and self-effacing, but describe yourself as, 
you know, I'm not the smartest person, but I'm trying to surround myself with I, I, with smarter people. I've made a career in this industry by trying to identify smart people and tag myself to those and, and sort of get that additional mm-hmm. lift. I think if you're curious and on a journey to get smarter every day, you're going to get smarter personally and you're going to have more fun and be associated with better people. So, I mean, as we start to bring this home for the listeners here and start to think about it, where are you seeing the mainframe go? One of the things I always ask of the listeners here as we start to bring it to uh, always ask of the guests on behalf of the listeners is I'm, I'm really interested, especially when we get CEOs of software companies on, you're in a unique position with this strategic lens. You can start to look away and look further down the road. And I always ask the question, with a crystal ball, where do you think we're going to be three, five years out from the mainframe? Because we spent some time talking about the backwards-looking lens and how the platform has evolved over the last 50-plus years. Where do you see the next five years? I see I see hybrid cloud and being a real important part of our transformation. I see modernization and being a part of the digital transformation. When I talk to uh, the subject of um, business, you know, and, and, and making sure that we're driving towards the business, the business is driving where we have to go. So we need to be listening. We need to be communicating with them. And then when we're doing that, I think Z with the talent shop is going to be a, a core component of any large organization's uh, IT infrastructure. And it is my hope that if we can clear the minds of bias when it comes to um, the Z, that we actually will see new businesses come on Z. Because once we really share with them the, 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 the ability that we have with the, 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 the transactional processing, everyone wants to be green. How green can you be with the transactions we can process and the IO we put through with that little box? Look at the square we take on the floor and then look at everything else and the power and everything they consume, right? So if we really want to, I'm hoping and I think that I'm, I'm betting on the fact that Z is here for many years to stay. And I think that it's going to be a little different. It's going to be cloud, it's going to be hybrid cloud. It's going to, it's going to have to take on some nuances. But I think we're up for the challenge. And I think with the talent shift and the commitment from IBM, it, I'm betting my horse on it, so and our organization. So we're a Z company. That's what we're doing. I tend to subscribe to that view of the future as well. I think, I think we're past a lot of the get off the platform. The platform's going to die rhetoric that was maybe there 10, 15 years ago. I think we're starting to see a different dynamic. We're starting to see that the more evolved thinking that you're advocating for here of and maybe a more nuanced perspective, it's not black or white on mainframe or off mainframe. It's more around the mainframe coexisting as part of your hybrid cloud strategy. Absolutely. And and it's a core piece because it can do some things super well, right? It does some things extremely well. So if you have data that you need what this platform gives, including the security, maybe you don't need the transactional processing, but you need the security and the resiliency. There's specific nuances to this platform that if you need them as an organization in an unbiased way, looking at it, and that's key, right? 
You have to be unbiased. You have to think out of the box. You can't just go with the latest marketing, uh, merchandising, as uh, some people say, right? You don't want to look at the airplane. Remember we used to say the airplane book? We don't want that. We, we want to be unbiased. We want to do our work, do our homework, make, make those decisions. Look at what it does. You can't not see a future for this platform. Yeah, I tend to agree. And I think that's a fantastic place for us to wrap um, so thank you very much for your time on the podcast. Really enjoyed the conversation.